The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba the Bat Flip, episode 85. Going to talk some week eight fab results, talk some listener questions, and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at BDNTrick and the Bat Flip Crazy portion of the podcast. You can find on Twitter at Bat Flip Crazy. Toby, how we doing, man? Uh, we're doing great, Bubba. Um, you know, new week, new opportunities. That's how I'm... Uh... That's so why I'm trying to look positively on uh, on everything. So, yeah, it's been it's it's going it's going well. It's a it's a good pitching day today. I feel like there was a lot of good pitching performances, which I, I certainly needed. I think a lot of people are probably in a in a similar position and needing that right now. But um, yeah, how are you doing? I am doing well. I am doing well. And yeah, you mentioned there's there's 30 teams in play today, and there was maybe three or four that put up a lot of offense. It was a lot of pitching involved on this slate, as you mentioned. So. It's good to see after, uh, well, I guess, the weekend was offensive, finally, for the first time all season, it felt like. So we'll see where things go as the country starts to heat up because the summertime is coming into play and the ball starts flying a little more. Maybe they summertime. Balls. Who knows? Yes, yeah, summer, summer, summertime. But, um, yeah, it's good. Um, question for you, because I was looking at my standings over the weekend. I want to. I wonder if it's the same. <laughs> your, don't, don't, your let's not talk well. about standings, Baba. No, just in general. I'm just kidding. Um, the guys, like, at the top, because – a lot of my leagues, it's very, very top heavy. They've 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 made a gap between like the fourth, fifth, sixth, and below. And mm. I didn't look at like all their players, of course, but it feels like they just ran hot. Like they've been the team that avoided injuries for the most part. Are you seeing wide gaps in most of your leagues, or is it just kind of my dumb luck? You know, honestly, I haven't looked like super closely at the kind of how they're um I can't remember the word I'm looking for, strat strata something, stratified. I haven't looked at how the standings are that are stratified right now. There's certainly some dominant teams in some of my leagues. Um, 
but it still seems like there's a decent amount of movement. Like I had one team that was, you know, in I think like eighth place or 10th place last week. Uh, now, now down to fourth. Um, so th there's a little bit of movement, but yeah, I think teams that have been able to avoid injuries, there's obviously been some absolutely incredible pitching performances thus far, you know, mm -hmm. um, pitchers with ERAs in the, in the low ones with, with minuscule whips. So if you've been able to roster a couple of those guys too, I think you've got, you built yourself quite a cushion to start the season, but it's still a long season. We still have, you know, I think we're a little over a quarter of the way through. It's hard to think about it that way because everything seems so immediate and, and there's this sense of urgency. And I think part of it is is recognizing like when that search, search, that sense of urgency needs to kick in and then understanding when there's still a lot of season left and and, and not making decisions that maybe you're going to regret and that, that will dig you into a deeper hole. Yeah, I know Scott Jensen and I talked a lot about that last week. It was kind of like, uh, when do you start pulling the trigger here, doing this, doing that? And a lot of it was like you said, is just kind of wait a little bit longer, be patient. It's long ways to go still. Not a 60-game season, so we'll see how that plays out. But I was just curious because I was just looking at some, even, even leagues like I'm in third place, I'm like 30-something points behind first place. It, it, there's some gaps in some of these leagues. It's just like, good God. I know there's time to make it up. I'm not yeah. not crazy about that, but it's just like it's pretty wide gaps going on right now. Yeah, I'm behind. I'm behind by some wide gaps as well. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that keeps going. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of movements, as you mentioned. Uh, Tout Wars is slowly climbing back up after all the injuries have kind of gone away for now, but they're still coming in bunches. But let's talk about some Fab Week Seven Fab results. Week Eight Fab. No, week. Yeah, Week Eight Fab results. Um, each week it's kind of been slower and slower, but there's some interesting names that keep popping up on the list. And we'll start off with the um, one of the more interesting names for sure because I missed the memo on Danny Santana coming back to the bigs. I, I was still under the impression he was looking for a minor league contract somewhere. Totally missed the Red Sox thing. No idea what happened there. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's hard to sneak it by you, Bubba, because you yeah. are normally on it when it comes to the news. I was just laughing. I was looking at a box score, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what is this? And then I, uh, I see Danny Santana. He's playing baseball. He's playing AAA for the Red Sox for a few games. Um, and now he's come up, and he's been quite productive. He even had a triple on Tuesday night as we record, but he's, he's got a couple home runs already. He's stolen a bag. Um, he went in a, a 314 leagues as high as 188. I believe you have some Santana shares. I know you've been a Santana fan in the past. I have zero Santana shares, and I'm – I don't know. I'm kind of torn on him because we've seen such highs and lows from him. But what's your take on Danny Santana? Yeah, I mean, I, I got him in a few leagues, I think. Maybe maybe one main event, a couple online championship leagues as well. And I think Santana is kind of the he's the, the quintessential, like, waiver wire guy. Um, or, like, I guess high upside waiver wire guy in the sense that more likely than not, he's going to not be all that helpful, right? I think there's a lot of competing interests in terms of like playing time. You know, it does, is he going to play every day? I mean, he's played every day since he's been back, but there's a lot of a lot of bats that need to be fed in that Red Sox lineup, and you can't fit all of them in there. And so it's going to be really um, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what what happens with the playing time. But you know, and and he hasn't been good for a long period of of his career. But at the same time, I mean, he is a guy that's gone 2020 and he's got speed and it's not like when he broke out, you know, two years ago, I think we can kind of throw last year 
away in a lot of senses, right? Like how many plate appearances? He got 63 plate appearances. Um, he hit 145, you know, but there's just not a lot. There's just not, not a lot there. You know, like you can't really judge somebody by 63 plate appearances. He was also injured. So we give him a little bit of a mulligan for last year. He went 28 and 21 the previous season. And when you look at some of the changes, you know, there's the, the 91.4 mile per hour average exit velocity. And obviously that's not everything, but 29 barrels, 8.8% barrel rate. So that's really nice. A 113.1 mile per hour max exit below back in 2019. And there's some support for what he was able to do. So that's not to say that that's the most likely outcome in the scenario, but it's certainly uh, a possibility. Even when you look at the projections, four home runs and three stolen bases in 115 plate appearances. So if you give him, you know, just for the sake of ease, like 400, you know, let's multiply that by four. I guess that's not 400. That's like 450. Let's just say you multiply it by four. That's 16 and 12, you know, in 400 plate appearances, which will certainly play. You're just hoping that it's not that 224 batting average that goes along with it. So I think Santana, for me, high upside guy. So I took a stab at him. Hopefully you catch lightning in a bottle. If you don't, again, most likely outcome, then you let go of him. It's always tough to, to spend a ton on guys like that, though, right? Because you want to be able to play a handful of these over the course of a season and hope that one of them hits. Yeah. And that's, that's, it was my biggest kind of why I didn't go crazy on him is yeah, the upside's great. Like you mentioned, we could get a, a really nice steal at this time frame, but um, getting uh, that consistent production is going to be something we don't see a lot from Danny Santana. It seems like, so we'll see how that feel. Uh, see how that goes going forward. But um, I did think it was interesting. You look at the, the roster breakdown and, there could be regular playing time for now because, you know, Kiki Hernandez was playing center field. You'd much rather have Kiki Hernandez playing second base if you had a choice. Well, they moved him to second base, just put Chavis to the bench and put Danny Santana in center field. Mm. So, like, like, logistically, it makes a lot more sense for the Boston Beautiful. Red Sox. Yeah, like, it really, it really actually fits. Like, you know, my little kid's toys, the round thing actually goes in the round spot. It's amazing. <laughs> and this is kind of how it, it works here. So, I can see this last like he might have a longer leash than I expected at first. Let's put it that way. I was trying to figure out where they were going to put him because his eligibility is like a first base and outfield and all these different things. Cause he kind of was a Swiss army knife at times for the Rangers, but it looks like he might just, you know, you're in center field and you're going to make this work for us. And at least that makes it more interesting. I, I can see some appeal there. So I don't know if he's necessarily a 12 team viable guy. If he's still on your waiver wire out there, but in a 15, he's probably going to be expensive if he's still out there this week the way he's hitting right now but i could see throwing some some feelers out there for him i wouldn't go crazy like i could definitely see it all right it happened again this was mainly because it was a two-pitch week or two-star week but it was austin gomber season again i got picked up in 238 leagues as high as 82 as low as one um i grabbed him in a couple leagues i still had him in a few leagues because i've been putting out so many waiver wire bids and i just haven't gotten the i don't know it's been frustrating i, I still get guys each week to field rosters which is fine but somehow Gomber has landed on my roster, just sits on my bench. Um, and I got to use him again this week. So I was cool with that. And uh, he turned out an eight-inning performance that would have been much better if they didn't go out for the ninth. But two runs, eight Ks against the Mets. He's uh, struck out six or more in four straight starts, three straight starts, two-run runs or less. It's all about the walks for him, and he's controlled those of late. So 
you know, he's not an every time starter, but I can definitely see some chances of uh, streaming him for sure. Yeah, you know, um, a little point of pride, Bubba, because I was Gombert earlier on in the in the year, right? Yep. Uh, I put that aside. Good. I said, I'm proud of you. I'm not going to be biased against Austin Gomber because he hurt me before. That is great. I'm not going to let that stop me from going after a guy that I think is is going to have a very valuable week. So I did roster Gomber. I do have Gomber. And I think there's some really nice things going on um, with Gomber. So if we look over at his last, I, I want to say it, it maybe it's... Um, I had it down as three, but maybe it's maybe it's five. Yeah, if you look at his last five what, starts, Walker less. Yep. His his velocity is actually up, which was a big thing for me. It's up about point. So like on May first, his velocity was down at ninety one point eight, and then the five games ending in May at May twenty fourth, he was at ninety two four. So, you know, about a, a little less than one mile per hour difference, but certainly something. And then when you look at some of the skills, his swinging strike rates up at 12.7%. Um, the end zone contacts right around league average. The O swing has also jumped to 34.1%. And I think that's really big for him because I think when we look at earlier on in the season, one of the major concerns that we had was the walks. And so when you're getting swings on, on pitches outside the zone, I think that's crucial. And I want to say he also, yeah, he's been throwing his his fastball uh, fewer um, fewer times. So his four seam fastball is down. His usage on the four seam fastball is down. Um, he's throwing, I think, the slider more. Is that right? Slider um, slightly more. Yeah, I'm literally waiting. Wait, there we go. I just pulled it up. I was waiting for it to load. Um, right now, he's throwing his slider. Yes, he's. Stop loading like that. Oh, there it is. The change yeah. up. Yeah, he basically – well, he's throwing the slider almost 10% more of the time right now, and he's uh, throwing the curveball a lot less. Well, about 5% less, more change-ups, yeah. So yeah, pitch mix change for sure. Yeah, and I bet if we look at, like, just from a pitch perspective, you're probably – you may be on Baseball Savant, but – Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the change-up, the slider increase is huge because it's his best pitch by swinging strike rate. It's his best pitch by O-swing as well. Um, the changeup is a decent pitch, I would call it. I wouldn't call it great, but I'd call it decent. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he's throwing the fastball less, which I think is kind of the biggest ad addition by subtraction. So there are some changes there. There are changes afoot with Gomber. Obviously, very different story when he's in cores, but especially this week going against the Mets, I think, this time around. And who does he have the second time around? He's got like the Pirates or something like that. I can't remember. It's it's easy. It's the Pirates, quote, quote unquote, easy. You know, um, second second start as well. So yeah, you have to feel really good about that if you started him. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get Gombert on the way back. Yeah, the Pirates. Um, that's who he's facing. Um, yeah, so I, I was pretty pumped on that one. It was uh, it was pretty pretty good to see that happen again with Gombert. He's been good over the last. Like that's kind of why I liked him the first time around. Though he's. The hiccups are there, but he's been pretty good overall as a whole. So the blow-up stung, but uh, I think you'll get some enjoyment out of these ones coming up here. Uh, James Caprillion went in 217 leagues as high as $111. This is a guy I was very, very high on uh, this week. I grabbed him in a lot of places, not nearly nowhere near $111. Like my max bid was 51 but I, I have him in almost every league I have now. So I'm a big fan of James Caprillion. Big strikeout stuff, former 
top prospect from the Yankees, had Tommy John surgery, so kind of set him back a little bit. But the talent level is very, very good. The A's need a starter. He's going to go out there and pitch every fifth day for the most part for now. Puck's rehabbing. Lazardo's rehabbing. So you'll have to see what happens there. But as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, I don't see anything changing. I'd rather have him over Cole Irvin, to be honest. But uh, I'm a big James Caprillion fan. Did you find anything digging into him? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we talked about him last week. Uh, everything looks uh, pretty pretty solid. You know, uh, 12.4% swinging strike rate, so better than league average. K-minus walk at 24.4. You know, there's some regression in the BAB at 250, 97.8% strand rate. You know, those things aren't going to hold over the course of, of a full season. But, you know, there's enough in those underlying metrics, I think, to be interested about league average in zone contact, slightly below league average O swing. Um He's not in the zone a ton, so the walks could become an issue. Uh, But if you look at his schedule coming up, next week's going to be a little bit of a tough decision. But tomorrow he's got uh, Seattle. Then he's at Seattle. He faces Seattle next week, too. Yeah, he's at Seattle next week. But then he gets Coors on the back end Uh, on Sunday. And so that's going to be the debate. But again, like you mentioned, you you hope maybe you get that Seattle start and he does really well and he does – decent enough um, in Colorado and gets a little bit of run support. But yeah, I think it's decent what we there, you know, there's a little bit of regression, you know, coming his way if the skills stay the same, but I think generally he looks fine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I will definitely play the two-step. I'll take the Colorado gamble with the Woo! Seattle, with the Seattle uh, extra. I was saying so. it right here. Yeah, he'll be in right all my lives. As long as he's step. as long as he's not on the IL by next week, <laughs> he will be on my roster. I got to clarify that now because everyone seems to go yeah, on the right. IL. So yeah. the worst part is the way they're doing stuff because it's like Harper, who literally last Sunday or two Sundays ago couldn't even swing a bat in the ninth inning, should have been on the IL then. They play him through it, and now he's on the IL with a shoulder injury. Like it's it's mind blowing what these teams are doing. Like Nelson Cruz still isn't on the IL. He hasn't played like in five games. Like what are we doing here? And then Girardi admits that he was lying yeah. to the media. I'm like, that one's gonna go over super well. Yeah, and it's so bad. And they did the same thing with JTR, where they yeah. they, they him kept him and, out yeah. and put him on the COVID IL for a day. <laughs> and then they, but then what they the way that they handled it, I think they actually they could have backdated it further back if they had started it the clock earlier. So now he's out till this weekend. I actually messed up in my leagues. I. I thought he might be available Wednesday, Thursday, and so I ended up sticking him, keeping him in some leagues where, in some DCs where I could have thrown in like a Andrew Knapp or or somebody like that, uh, who I'm who I'm a big fan of. But um, yeah, it's it's just been crazy the way it's been. If if the injuries weren't bad enough, the reporting and the handling by the team is just ridiculous. Um, the next guy that got added quite a bit, and this one kind of surprises me, uh, Brendan Rodgers in 208 leagues as high as 170. Like I'm a big Brendan Rodgers fan. But you got to realize, like, where is he going to play? He got called up, played the first two days at, at uh, second base. He hasn't played since. So it, we, we are recording on the 25th of uh, he, May. He played today. That's why he did play. So he didn't play the 23rd. He did play 24th. today. He got a single off of Jacob deGrom, which yeah. means that the transitive property of, oh, of Jacob deGrom, he get, is going to hit a home run against every other pitcher he faces. <laughs> if it were only that easy. Uh, yeah. Sure. So what happens when Ryan McMahon to DeGrom deep? Does he never get a hit again? No, he hits a grand slam against every pitcher. They're just like that. Nah, you get four runs, dude. You get four <laughs> runs for that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I actually – I picked up Rodgers in one or two spots. 
just because I think I got him in one place. I got him in um, a high stakes league for like 42 bucks, something like that. And then I got him in um, in an online championship for a dollar. I think something like that. That's fine. A dollar. Yeah. yeah. I think with, with Rogers, the thing is this. I mean, he's if he plays, he will play in cores. And that is worth something. You know, the, the Rockies seem like they're moving towards the position of trading Trevor Story. Obviously, we've got a lot of season to go, so God knows when that could end up happening. But heading into the season, he did appear to be their preference at second base. So, again, who knows what's going to happen with all the different machinations, and it's the Rockies. But given the upside for, for when he's playing at home, um, and if he hits – kind of towards the middle of that lineup, I, I gave it, I gave it a go, but I can certainly understand the wariness um, of wanting to get yourself into a situation where you are counting on the Rockies, not to Rocky uh, in order to get some value out of somebody. And I'm a big Brendan Rogers fan. I got him in a ton of DCs and best balls before he got hurt. Like I liked what they're doing. It did look like he was going to be their second baseman, as you mentioned. And I guess you are waiting on Trevor story to go. I don't mind your bids, it's the hundred and seventy dollars. I try to stomach how you do that with like a platoon player right now. It's tough to uh, to grasp at the moment, but it is Coors, I guess, if you want to justify things. Like he could be good. He's got a little. He's got some power. He's got some speed. Um, he, like he could be like a fifteen fifteen type guy if he played every day. But we have to wait and see there. So I, I see the appeal if the bids were proper. I guess um, pretty tilting though because the whole thing I was trying to say is. You know, he plays two games, gets two games off. Now he played again. It's like, what are they going to do with him? I guess it's crazy. Yeah. Either play the kids or don't play the kids. I don't care. But make it, it's almost as bad as the reported of injuries. So that's the Rockies for you. What do you think the chances are that Brendan Rodgers takes Caprellian deep during his start next week at course? Probably it's got to happen now at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you've spoken into existence. So it has to uh, happen. A DFS play for next Sunday. Not go. this Sunday, next Sunday. Brendan Rodgers. At course, well, this will be fun because we'll, we'll, it'll Kripelli. be fun when we record next Tuesday. Is Caprillion on the IL? Is Rogers still playing in the in the major leagues? Like, there's so many things that could be changed with these two teams. Um, it was so, yeah, written in the stars on paper. Like th- 12 days from now, 13 days from now, you should play Brendan Rogers against James Caprillion in Coors Field. <laughs> that is the play. Um, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays traded Willie Adamas. To the Milwaukee Brewers, good good move for Adamus uh, and the Brewers, but everyone thought it'd be Bruhan or Franco coming up, but it is instead Taylor Walls, who has actually been pretty good in the minors. You know, a little bit of power, decent amount of speed, hits for a good average. Started off this season of the minors just raking, hitting three twenty seven with two homers, two stolen bases, eleven runs, ten RBI. So checking all the boxes. Plus, he was walking twenty one percent of the time. I know it's only fourteen games, but that's bananas from <laughs> in the minor leagues when you're still hitting three twenty seven. So. He was doing everything well. He got the call, and he's been decent so far. He's getting on base, um, hitting hit sixth on Tuesday. So there is a lot to like there. I got him relatively cheap in a couple leagues, but I saw him go for crazy prices in some leagues. Uh, he went as high as 162. I saw just a lot of weird bids on him overall. So what's your thoughts on Taylor Walls? Yeah, I mean, Walls is, is, my, is the type of prospect I love who comes up. Because he doesn't have the fanfare of, you know, the Frank, uh, Wander Franco and, and uh, Bruyon or Bruhan. Um, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have that. But like if you look at the minor league track record and you understand who the player could be, 
And if we look at his track record, he's not a guy who's going to hit for a ton of power, but he's got speed. He's stolen at every single level. Uh, he's got good plate discipline. He always has a pretty high walk rate, which you know the Rays are going to love as well. Um, and so when you look at that, like in, in leagues where I needed speed, you know, I was very interested. I thought he was going to be hitting ninth, and he's hit sixth the last two yeah. days, which I think is huge Bless for him. He already <laughs> Yeah, you you pointed out. I think he already has uh, either three or five walks so yep. far. He's got like an eighteen percent walk rate. I mean, again, we're talking about like three games here, four games, but still really nice to see that he's maintaining that patience um, in the majors. He's been in some big spots and and taken some good walks. He's got three three walks so far. He walked again today, um, and so yeah. So I I I like this type because it's not going to cost you a ton. I think I got him for twenty three bucks in a couple places um it's not going to cost you a ton and he's the type of guy who if you if you get it right he can really benefit you and if he doesn't then he doesn't cost you the arm and, and the leg that that some of these these uber prospects are going to cost you and it, it makes it really a lot easier to make roster decisions with them so yeah. i really like him as long as you understand what you're getting and you recognize that in the right context in the right standings like again in leagues that i needed speed that's what i was going for not ones where i needed power yeah you're gonna get a few homers but it's all about the speed uh and the run scored and, and if he's batting six you might even drive in more runs than i expected so there's a lot to like there it is the raise so you never know what they, they they can do but he can play short he can play second brandon lau's been struggling so uh wall switch hits they could always move him there on when lefties are on the mounds um, Lau can go play first base. Like, there's tons of ways to move pieces around in Tampa Bay to keep Walls in the lineup. So I think they're going to want to play him regularly, which is good because Adamas played pretty regular as well. So I think they're going to keep Walls at shortstop and just let him run with it. But if they move him around, they do. It's advantage of having that flexibility that he does. So we'll run with that one. All right, this one is for uh, for Toby here. He's going to enjoy this one. Cancel yeah. Robles picked up in 190, 191 leagues, <sighs> as high as 154. But this is the tilting part because he's been good. He's, he's picked up some saves. That's been talked about. But uh, as we speak on Tuesday, he came in on the 7th. Colome came in on the 8th and blew, like, didn't blow up. He had some runs. And that, and that made Rodgers come in the 8th and finish the ninth. So it seems just like a mixed match there, which we knew Baldelli does. That's That's what he's always done. But when it seemed that Hansel was just about to get a, a handle on things, he's back in the seventh. So what's your thoughts on this? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have Hansel in a couple of places where I desperately need saves. So when he blew that save on Sunday, it was super depressing. I had he a got big, the win. He got the win, yeah. But, like, <laughs> I mean, saves are the most valuable fantasy com commodity at this point in time. Like, if you think about it, like, 60 plus saves is going to have you, I think in like the probably 80th percentile by the time the season is, is done. And, and yeah. So, you know, again, it was a little, you know, he, the walks have always been an issue with him, but anyways, I, I, I had a bid that was all ready to go with him as the closer, like around 200 bucks. Um, and then he lost that and I dropped it down considerably to like 124 but it was still too high. Uh, again, like the story of my, my fantasy season has just been how annoying it is to chase saves, which, you know, it's part of the strategy. It's part of the risk you take, but uh, it's a God awful, God awful experience. 
Um, and so, yeah, he pitched the seventh today. He pitched a clean inning. Yeah, he and Taylor Rogers didn't, and Colomay gave up a run. So maybe he'll pitch the eighth next time. You know, who knows? So um, he's been good. He's been fine. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot of moving pieces with like no one. He'll probably finish the year with like ten-ish saves. Like no one would be surprised by that. It's going to be a lot like we saw in Tampa Bay, where three like three guys, maybe four guys, start getting all the saves around there. And it's just giant headache, giant headache um, that comes to be, but. Honestly, the way Robles is throwing this year, he might be the best of the three, which is the most annoying part of the whole thing. So don't give up on him, but it's just it's going to be frustrating running him out there. In certain weeks, he gets all a lot of love. Other weeks, not so much. So keep your head up on that one. Uh, Spencer Turnbull coming off the no-no, had a two-star week this week, picked up in 191 leagues as high as 154. Great matchup versus Cleveland. He got the job done but did not look dominant, only striking out three, gave up three. Seven hits over six innings did not look lights out good against an offense he should have had some fun with, but um, overall still having a really good year. Turnbull's a guy we talked about preseason of of interest in drafts and everything, but then he started the year on the COVID IL, so he kind of slipped through the cracks, went on the uh, the waiver wires and whatnot. And as he's come back, he's pitched pretty darn good, Toby. So I had I have him in a few leagues. I had him for the no hitter. I had him past the no hitter. I think he's a guy that you can use a lot this year, maybe not every week, but I think he's going to be valuable more often than not when it comes to uh, your weekly leagues. Yeah, I really, I really like Turnbull as well. I have him a bunch of places, especially 15s. I picked him up in 12s uh, this week for the two-start um, the two start week because it is, an, it, it is a decent one. Um, although, yeah, like you mentioned, he didn't pitch great yesterday, but I think he was in position to get the win, and then either he blew it in his last inning, they sent him out for the sixth, I think. Yeah, he, or, he, should, no, he shouldn't have gone out for the last inning at all. That was bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like him a lot. I mean, the big thing for him is he introduced a cutter, um, and he's thrown that cutter. It's his most thrown pitch this year. Um, really nice because, you know, his sinker is not great. His four seam hasn't been great, you know, uh, at least at getting chases on pitches outside the zone. That's really been his bugaboo has been like, he walks a lot of guys. So he, the whip's never that terrific because he's walking so many guys. He's decent at getting out of jams because he doesn't give up a lot of home runs. He generally minimizes the quality of contact, but he walks a ton of guys, but he's been able to really change that. Like that's the one area where I think I'm most impressed in the, in the increases. He's got a above league average O swing this year, which is huge for him. So that cutter has an 11.7% swinging strike rate, which is nice or 11.2, but it's also generating a league average 30.3% um, chase rate, which is really good. He's essentially stopped throwing his four seam fastball and gone with the cutter to replace that. Uh, which is nice. And his slider slider has always been his best pitch. It's actually doing decently well, not quite as well as it did last year, just in terms of swinging strike rate. So maybe there's a little room for potential improvement there as well. But really like everything across the board, very solid, like a slightly above league average pitcher and throwing in the AL Central, I think he's going to have some pretty decent matchups throughout the year that you can that you can exploit. And we've seen that like you know, I had him in. I had him in there for the no hitter, like you mentioned. You did as well because he was going up against the Mariners. That doesn't have to do with him being in the AL Central, but this week he gets Cleveland. You know, um, there's very few. I mean, even the White Sox against righties, you're not. They're a good lineup, but you're not as concerned. So, uh, yeah, I like Trumbull a lot. Yeah, he's he's pretty darn good, and you'll use him way more often than you won't. So he's a guy that you can hang on to if you have him out there. I think he's even 12th in viable, as you mentioned. So. Um, go get some turnball if you can, because the kid is very, very good. 
We talked about Michael Formal last week, so we'll kind of skip past him. He's deaf. He's the closer for now in Detroit. So even with a blown save, he's the guy for now. But let's go to Garrett Cooper. Picked up in a, eight, a 181 leagues as high as $101. Another guy that started the year banged up, so he kind of slipped through the cracks because he was talked about quite a bit going into the season. But um, slow start, starting to hit a lot right now. Extended his history to 10 games on Tuesday night. He's hitting um, over 400 in those 10 games with an ISO over 400. He has uh, eight extra base hits, including three home runs over that stretch. He is just crushing baseballs right now. And we've seen Garrett Cooper go through phases where it's good and it's bad. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, Garrett Cooper, especially in 15-team leagues, he's first place outfit eligible, definitely has a viability. Um, the East is not the easiest of divisions to uh, because of the pitching he has to face. But a lot of those ballparks are very live at the same time. So I think it's a really, really intriguing uh, spot for Cooper. I grabbed him in a couple leagues. I wouldn't break the bank for Garrett Cooper, but right now he's locked into that lineup, and I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, do you see anything on Garrett Cooper? Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cooper is kind of Garrett Cooper. Like, he's always been, like you mentioned, a serviceable in 15-team leagues. He'll go on some nice little streaks. He's a decent batting average guy generally. His strikeout rate is elevated right now. The contact rate is down a little bit. But, you know, if that strikeout rate whereas where it normally was, he'd be kind of where he generally is, and that's a – Plus batting average, not elite, but a plus batting average guy with a little bit of pop. And he's playing pretty much every day now. And especially with the injuries mount, mounting there in, in Miami, uh, I think he's a, he's a very solid pickup for all the reasons you articulated. Yeah. Uh, Chad Pinder, he got added in uh, 132 leagues, as high as 74, as low as a dollar. Uh, we know he's is the Swiss Army knife of the Oakland A's. He's plays in the outfield, second base, plays in first base. Since he's uh, come back from the injured list, uh, shortstop, second base, shortstop, left field, third base in the same game. Second base, wow. DH, shortstop, left field, second base, shortstop. So he plays all over the place, and he's going to get you eligibility everywhere as the season goes on. The A's are going to mix and match him because they're battling injuries like everybody else. The question I have for you, because I grabbed them in a handful of leagues just because that flexibility has been so viable this season, like ridiculously viable. Um, you know, since he's come back from the IL, he's only hitting 219. He's striking out almost 40% of the time. But he also has five extra base hits, a uh, hard hit rate like over 60%. So it's like when he puts the ball in play, it's outstanding. Problem is you're striking out 40% of the time. It's a lot of the time the ball's not in play. So what's your thoughts on Chad Pender? Yeah, I think that strikeout rate's going to come down. If you look yeah, at the contact metrics, he's uh, he's right around where he normally is, right around league average. And he's a quality of contact guy, like you mentioned. I mean, you look at his stack cast metrics so far this year. They're great. I mean, 90, a very small sample, but 96.4 average exit velocity, you know, 110.6 max exit below, but he, we know he's capable of more. He had a, he had close to 115 last year as his max exit below. He's got five barrels for a 20.8% barrel rate. His hard hit rate, 70.8%. I mean, he's hitting the ball really, really hard. Um, and I think the issue with him has always been play appearances and he's getting those this year i think he'll hit like 240 probably but if he plays a full season he's like got 25 to 30 home run power and that is certainly playable particularly in with the power landscape being a little bit different than it has been in years past so really like him and the position eligibility that you mentioned is just is glorious so yeah, kudos to people who picked him up uh, with decent decent bids uh, yeah this time I need power in a big way. So that was one reason why I went in on him and the flexibility. But it's just crazy just reading the game log like I did of 
he's playing multiple positions every game. It's not just like he's not just rotating from game to game. They're just throwing him all over the place. So you're going to rack up eligibility quick, and that's that's the beauty of it. So you'll have you'll have middle infield, corner infield, and then positions throughout that. You'll have the outfield. He's going to probably be able to play in like five or six roster spots by the All Star break, which will be very very valuable at some point in time. All right, G Man Choi returned from the IL and was picked up in 129 leagues as high as 118 dollars in those leagues. Um, he, he came out guns blazing. He's hit in every game except um, I don't know if he hit today, but on he he didn't hit on Monday. He was over two on Monday, went over four today. So the last two games he has not hit, but hit in the first seven games prior to that. A couple home runs. He's walking 22 percent of the time since he started the season. And Choi, like the regression is coming to this hot start, but he's been serviceable from time to time. So, like, I wasn't super aggressive on Choi. I had bids in on Choi. But uh, what's your thoughts on G Man Choi? Yeah, I mean, in, in OBP leagues, he's obviously great. Yeah. And I, I was, I picked him up in our, in our Barf League, which I was really excited about. Um, you know, in batting average leagues, I think he's a hot hand guy. I think we've seen him be ice cold, we've seen him be red hot. Um, he's certainly got the kind of plate skills, I think, to be a really good hitter, but he's never really been able to put it together uh, at, on a consistent um, level uh, so far. Uh, but great plate, plate discipline. Contact skills are a little iffy, but not great. And the quality of contact is never uh, superlative. Um, so he's he's kind of fine, I think. I think one of the big things uh, that maybe – was helpful to see or that people really would like to see is that he did play against the last two lefties that the Rays faced. And that's different from the way that they've treated him in the past. And whether that's because of a lack of, of options at the big leagues or just a change in how they're, how, how they need him um, or use him. Uh, I think that's big because if he plays every day, I think he, he could be really valuable, but again, you know, kind of up and down, a higher variance guy, even though the profile isn't traditionally one that that is high variance. But yeah, if he plays every day, he could legit hit you twenty plus homers. Might be asking too much, but at least fifteen plus. Like uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it turned into twenty plus if he played every day. But uh, the average will be the downside. But he's hitting fifth or sixth. Power RBIs. Uh, there will be a lot to like there from choice. So. I didn't get him in many places. I had bids out, but uh, I think he's an intriguing play. Like you mentioned, OBP much better than batting average. Um, you know, Eric Haas was popular. Chris Bubik, Odell Herrera, Rich Hill, who threw well on Tuesday. David Peterson on the two-step. Um, any other guys that stood out to you this week when you were making your fab bids? Yeah, um, you know, David Peterson didn't end up pitching that well, but um, he was obviously in shallower leagues where he was still available. Um, he was, he looked like he like really nice. Cause he has two, two plus matchups. Um, one guy who I'm not seeing show up here. I'm not exactly sure why, maybe because he only went in 15 teamers, uh, was Brad Keller. Um, I actually picked up, uh, Brad 20, Keller, 23 total leagues. Uh, I picked him up in, in today, uh, for his start. You know, I can't remember exactly who it was. I need to give kudos to, but um, it was one of the podcasts that I listened to. It might have been, um, might have actually been a pitcher list, like first first pitch podcast, but they mentioned that he had kind of changed his approach a little bit. It also could have been, I, I, I wish I could give uh, kudos to them, but I kind of looked into it after I heard it. And he's changed his approach pitch mix wise in the last um, handful of games. If you remember, he was really struggling. 
Um, but if we look at, let's look at the last five games. Um, if we look at the last five games, you know, the Z contact is down at 85%. Um, that's pretty much the lowest outside of one other instance in the last three years for him. The O swing was up uh, to 33%, which is really nice. And the swinging strike rate is the highest it's ever been for him over a five game period of time at 11.6%. Uh, I believe he started throwing his slider more is what he did. Yeah, he started throwing his slider more again. It's up to 30%. And I think, did he, I want to say he ditched the sinker a little bit. Is it the sinker? Yeah, he started throwing his sinker a lot less and going with the four seam a little bit more. And so that seems to be a pitch mix that's working well for him. Again, he had a great start today, you know, a little bit of control issues, but striking out a lot more guys than he usually does. And pretty consistently, he's been at about a K per nine over the last four or five starts. So um, whoever gave me the tip on that one, kudos to you. Um, but that was one guy that I picked up. Um, some other players that I'm seeing in here, I picked up Odebel Herrera last week in a couple of spots. Spencer Howard, I think was a, was one where again, you know, if, you know, if you look at his start, I think he had 68 pitches. He had 12 whiffs on those 68 pitches and his CSW was really good too. So he had walk issues, but over a small sample like that, historically he hasn't been awful from a walk perspective and he's got the Marlins this week, I think tomorrow, maybe um, tomorrow or on Thursday. So uh, I speculated on him in, in one or two leagues, I believe. Um, I know that we talked a little bit before the show about Poteet. I actually dropped him after last week. Um, I had him uh, in one spot uh, for those two starts just because he goes up against the Red Sox. But I know a lot of people went after him. His, his skills look okay. I just don't see a reason why they should be okay. Like there's nothing that really stands out um, out of anything. I think he had a really strong first start from a swing strike perspective. And then it's slowly kind of been regressing back. Um Outside of those guys, a bunch of closer speculations. You know, Amir Garrett was available in a couple leagues, so I picked him up. He was getting the save opportunity today. Then he gave up the home run to Josh Bell, so Lucas Sims finished it off. Um, those were those were the main ones for me. How about you? Any any guys on the list that you kind of were aggressive with? Um, it was mainly Caprillion and Pender were my two main ads this week that I had everywhere. And I got a lot of Garrett Cooper as well. Those are my main three. But looking at the list, uh, we'll talk about Keston Hero in a, in a, a listener question. Uh, one guy, I, I wouldn't say I'm super aggressive, but he, in a 12-team league, Herman Marquez was out there. And I was a little more aggressive than I usually am because I'm like, I'm taking that. And it in my head, the justifications, I didn't draft him. So if I want to sit him in Coors, I could sit him in Coors. Like I'm not paying a premium draft price. I paid like $62 in fab and I can sit and play him whenever I want. And when he's on the road, he is an elite pitcher. So um, I, I was, you see a lot of weird things in 12s. That's all I got to say. Like I, I understand Marquez can be tilting, but man, like he's not this bad to be, at least I, at least that's maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he's that bad to be dropping him. But um, other than that, like I had some Vinny V, I got that most of those a couple of weeks ago, though. Vinny V. How about Vinny he pitched, V? He's pretty well tonight. Man, he, he has not gotten enough pub on our podcast here. The unfortunate thing is, drinks it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer. Like I've used yeah. him throughout the last couple of years in spots in 15 yeah. teamers. 
but I don't have any of him in any of my big leagues, but I have like 12, 12, I have him on 12 DCs, you know, or something like that. Like just ridiculous amount. So keep, keep going Vinny. Although I have Sandy Alcantara in a bunch of places and I'm like, what does this guy have to do to get a win? Gosh, all the Marlins, like Pablo Lopez is the same. His ERA is like sub three, his whip solid. And yet he has one win, I think. That's yeah, the Marlins in a nutshell. We knew their rotation yep. would be outstanding, but their offense is just they're the Mar- and now they lost Brian Anderson. Um, you know, Jazz Chisholm got banged up today. It's just one thing after another. It, all these teams, but the Marlins who really can't afford to lose offensive players, that's just gonna make it really, really rough down there. It's like Aguilar and Cooper. What can you do for us today? That's pretty much where they're going. And that's not a recipe for success. So we'll see what the Marlins do because they definitely ain't trading for people. So That'll be interesting, but uh, let's get on to some listener questions. I've got a few good ones for us this evening, and we'll start with Felix Mendoza at Mendoza on the Twitter. Kenta Maeda versus Joe Musgrove can only keep one and has to drop the other in a redraft league. I would drop Kenta Maeda right now out of the two. Of those. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would drop Maeda as well. I mean, Musgrove has been um, really good this year. Obviously, Maeda has the injury. But I'm not even so sure. I mean, Maeda last year, you know, the, the strand rate was super high. The BABIP was super low. And he's never really done that before. Um, with Musgrove, the BABIP's a little low. So there's some regression coming there. But 30% K minus walk rate, 15% swing strike rate, you know, off the charts, O swing as usual. Like everything is pretty beautiful when it comes to joe musgrove right now in a great situation so i think that's a pretty easy um decision from my perspective relatively easy i don't think anything's wrong i'm not gonna i'm not trying to speculate and he got into some trouble in the fifth inning they yanked him which kind of surprised me because he only gave up a few hits he had a lead tonight so i don't think anything's wrong which is yeah. weird that they, they pulled him before five innings like it was just kind of a i know he's in trouble but he's like your ace like let the dude go so i was I know like, they have a lot of aces, so I guess he's not their ace, but it was just surprising to me. So I'm um, just keep an eye on that in case something – there's so many dumb things happening these days. Just keep an eye on that. Um, we have a, a question in the chat from Alex or Alex Thistlewood. Question for the pair. Should we hold Gilbert in the NFBC main event? This is a great question, Toby, because I grabbed him in one league. I was the only one I can get him in because I'll just keep him on his bids. Wasn't going to break the bank for the kid. First two starts are rough. Tonight in Oakland, it hasn't been as bad, but it still hasn't made you feel warm and fuzzy. Like, he doesn't look like the dude, the prospect that was dominating throughout the minors. I'd be willing to drop him if there's something better out there, personally. Yeah, I mean, I would I would hold on to him just because... That's why it has to be something better, is what I'm saying. Like, it, it, you can't yeah. just drop him to drop. Don't drop him for, like, a spec closer. Like, make it a good ad. Yeah, I mean... 333 BABIP against 49% strand rate, uh, 11% swing strike rate is solid, 15.6% KMS walk is solid, 33.3% O swing is solid, Z contact about league average slightly, yeah, about league average, that's solid. So really like, you know, he's got six points, heading into today, he had six and two thirds innings and that can be, yeah, I'd totally stick with him. Um, I doubt, I doubt you'll find something on the 15 team where, I mean, 
I had Dylan Bundy dropped in one of my main events this 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 yeah, week. That's so crazy. so I mean like would, would you, you rather know, Dylan that, Bundy that, or that type of stuff is yeah for for Alex um, he's saying the replacement level pitchers last few weeks are like Jeff Hoffman yeah, Keller I'd hold on to Gilbert I think yeah. Gilbert's in a solid situation he's had the minor league track record the projections actually like him a decent amount I think with Brad Keller I mean that would be an interesting exchange you know. Um, but I think I'd still, still stick with Gilbert. I think he's, he's already shown something and the batted ball stuff just hasn't been there quite yet. And he's got like a 2.7 home runs per nine, which I don't think will continue for a long period. Yeah. It's, uh, he threw four innings tonight, four hits, two runs, no walks, four Ks through 78 pitches through those four innings. So we'll see. Maybe baby steps in the right direction. Um, would you rather have, would you drop Gilbert for Dylan Bundy? In the main event. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I haven't even looked at Bundy, but I mean, he's fine. I, I saw some good. I saw some good information on him. Like the last couple starts have been pain. He's had two super tough men, or but, actually not super tough. He, he went up against the A's, but yeah. But looking below the surface, like a lot of the stuff's still pretty darn good. So he's got a five fifty-seven point five percent strand rate. Bundy does three oh seven Babbitt, which isn't all that crazy, but seventeen point six K minus walk. 11.7 swinging strike rate, 35.50 swing. You know, he's giving up more contact in the zone. And he, and obviously, you know, he's been hit very, very hard in the past. But I think the key is keeping that, um, keeping that walk rate down. And yeah, I mean, you know, Bundy's Bundy. I think, yeah. I think he's, I think he's, I think he'll be fine. All right. Dave Petroziello asks, what has gotten into Zach Wheeler? I feel in the second chance OC drafts, he's second round, maybe early second round. It looks real to me. Well, I've always been team Wheeler. Every, a lot of people in the preseason said he couldn't strike guys out. That has obviously changed. Um, I think he's a very good pitcher. Is he this good? Probably not. But I think he's a very, very good pitcher. Like, And I, I have no problems with him. Would I take him in the second round of a draft? No. There's other pitchers taking the second round of a draft. But um, I also don't do those memorial second chance drafts because – a, I don't have any time for more drafts like, like Fab Leagues, but B, I, I think I, I can't wait to see the 80 pieces, put it that way, because there's going to be some crazy, crazy stuff like Wheeler going in the second round. So, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a bump in the swinging strike rate. Um, the curveball, partially responsible for that. The four seam is up about 1.5%. The swinging strike rate there. The slider. Um, is about where it is, but it's getting more chases outside the zone. The sinker, everything's just up a little bit. I wonder if he's got a velo bump or something. Maybe that could help explain it. Uh, 97.5, you know, he's up about 0.4 mile per hour on that four seam. So I'm not exactly sure what is, oh, the slider, he's throwing much harder. Uh, he's throwing almost two miles per hour harder. Uh, must have some more sticky stuff then. On the slider. <laughs> um, so I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure what is going on, but the metrics so far this year have been uh, much better for Wheeler, just like the underlying strikeout numbers have been much uh, better. So whether or not he'll be able to continue that, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's good. I mean, the, the key with him is, He's always been able to to limit contact, and so when you're not giving up home runs and you're striking up that many guys, and 
you're not walking guys because you're getting chases on pitches outside the zone. I mean, that's a really great combo. I was not in on Wheeler this year. I kind of yeah. I kind of stayed away from him a little bit just because the lack of K upside. But yeah, um, the, that's the probably K- on me. The K upside was tilting. I get it, and that's why a lot of people were off of him. But where he's going in drafts, he's going around guys like Kyle Hendricks and some others where you want the ratio gains. And so I'm like, what's wrong with with Zach Wheeler, who we've seen in previous years strike guys out? So I, did I expect him to do this? No, I'm not going to act like, oh, yeah, blah, blah. No. But I I knew he wasn't as bad as a lot of people were making it out to be like he's just kind of just waste of a, a draft pick at that point in time. So mm-hmm. I like seeing that quite a bit. Uh, a couple more questions we got going here. Doug Fraley Jr., the, the president of the Byron Bucks and fan club. Um, Keston Hira quickly became droppable earlier this year. You guys buying his resurgence, even though he's with a still high K rate. Does prospect pedigree give players like this more and more rope in your eyes? I'll get your comments first. I have I'm kind of biased because I added him in a few leagues, but I'll uh, I'll listen to what you have to say first. Yeah, I don't. I'm not in on him. I dropped him in a 15 team league um, in TGFBI. Uh, I just I just can't do it like. I mean, yeah, the K rate did not improve, improve in AAA. Um, you know, it's just really bad. Like it's, it's, I've never seen contact rates as bad as what he's put together in the last little bit. Like his Z contact this year, like you thought last year was bad. This year it's 57.5% in the zone contact rate. That's, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, I just don't know how he. I just don't know how he overcomes that being being that bad. I mean, it, yeah. I just I don't see how he hits above two hundred with anything remotely close to that. And it could be that that changes, but there's nothing trend wise that that points to that. But again, I'm I'm the guy who thought Vlad wasn't going to break out, so. You know, I don't. I you don't have to listen to me. Well, here's here's my logic between my my picking up on him. A, I got him a few weeks ago when it wasn't wasn't cool to add Keston Hero, so I got him for cheap because I was specking on teams. A lot of my teams and a lot of my injuries have been to the power hitters I've drafted on my rosters. So, a, I'm not worried about batting average. B, batting average is already screwed anyways in all of baseball. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Like it's just it's gone. So I'm taking like shots on power. I do not believe this K rate is going to improve because everything you mentioned, I, I'm very, very aware of that. But we saw what he did earlier in his career, even when he struck out a lot. We saw him doing that in the minors. If he could do part of that the rest of the way this year, it'll still be an improvement on what a lot of roster spots are on most injured teams you have. So my 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 theory is if he can get on hit like 220 or something – but go and hit me another 20-plus home runs this year and steal me 10-plus bases, I can live with that. I know it doesn't sound great, but in the environment of baseball that we're playing in, it doesn't kill you as much as it used to type thing. And on teams I am desperate for power, that's where I am. He's going to strike out a ton. There's no hiding that. It's just that's who he is right about now. I don't see a change happening there unless he completely overhauls what he does at the plate. And if he does that, then I'd be terrified about what player you get back because that's not the player you picked. So – That'll be a scary situation, but uh, yeah, that's my logic. I got him for like less than twenty bucks in leagues. Yeah, so I mean, and that's the thing is, he's a high upside guy, but like, I think a lot of the bids were in like, oh uh, yeah, like two hundred bucks, and there's no way like I was that. doing that. Just, not a chance. 
I'd rather I'd rather save I'd rather save two hundred bucks for Wander Franco or Bruhan or Duran or one of those prospects and see what they got. Like do that. I, I'd rather personally do that, and I usually don't do that to begin with. But I'd rather try to break the bank on something like that. At the same time, with all the injuries this year, I'm scared to break the bank on anybody because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to have to be adding players weekly just to fill rosters sometimes. <laughs> so it's uh it's been a wild one to start the year for sure. Um, just for kicks. If you have it off the top of your head, if not, don't worry about it. How many leagues do you think you have at least five hundred bucks or more in? You're oh, pretty. Yeah. You're, you're pretty. You're pretty frugal, though. So you probably have a lot. Uh, I have oh more than five hundred dollars left of Fab. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Let's see. I have twelve Fab leagues. Uh, one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, seven of seven. So it's about half your leagues, give or take, close, close to half your leagues, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's not bad because I think most of mine, I'm like sitting around four hundred bucks, and I'm sitting there going, okay, I got like two thirds of the year to go, and I got to make four hundred bucks stretch out. So it's getting it pretty fun, and that's where it's like I'm not putting two hundred bucks on a guy catching here. I I see the upside, but tell tell me this much. We talked about Chad Pender earlier. Chad Pender's got flexibility, and in reality, couldn't you see them putting up same numbers or maybe even better for Pender by the end of the season? Oh, him and Hira? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd see, probably rather what... have Pinder, honestly. I, I think um, I would, too. I think I would, too, especially in 15s. Yeah, it's actually it's actually nine of my nine of my 12 because some of my, my fab leagues aren't on, aren't on um, NFC. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a similar profile. I mean, Hira probably has a little bit more speed, but Pinder's going to have him in batting average. I and think. you got to get on base to steal, anyways. So that's that's yeah. the fun part for for casting Hira. Uh, JB at Beat Rick and Frank asks, "Hey, fellows, looking forward to the pod as always." Question one: Is AJ Puck going to offer any value this year? I don't know, man. Like he's rehabbing again. I, I hope they put him in the bullpen. I think if they'll get their best value from him as, as a baseball player in the bullpen, fantasy wise, I just I'm gonna sit back and watch. Yeah, I, I don't know, but a good thing to think about is like now would be the time to pick him up as yeah, opposed you're going to, to you know when what, he gets into they the majors. Return. Yeah. Yeah. And and um although is he available in leagues in like he should, he should have got drafted in a lot of leagues, I'd imagine. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then since he played last year in the bigs, wouldn't that qualify him already for the player pool or no? I don't, I don't remember how NFC does that. I don't that. think so because like Danny okay. Santana wasn't in the pool. Oh, okay. Then probably um, not then. Yeah, they're probably not. I think it has to do with like maybe on the some roster thingy majigger. Um I can I can check to see if he's if he's available. Um but yeah, I, I would pick him up now as opposed to waiting until he pitches well and yeah. then the hype. He's he's in there for me. I think, I think he'll be in most. I'd yeah, imagine. he's he's in all of them. Yeah, okay. Somebody already owns him in one of my leagues. Smart people. Yeah, that's one of those get for like a buck things now because he's starting rehab. If things go well, he'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think that's so. so critical. That's something that I've really failed at this year is is picking up the guys before they become they the come. guys. You know, and like knowing when they're they're like Danny Santana. Well, he's a bad example because he wasn't in the player pool, but like those types where. Instead of getting him after he comes back, following the news, tracking it, and knowing when he's going to come back so that you can get him a little bit um, ahead of time. 
Uh, second question in a 12 team, seven by seven roto redraft. Don't know what the categories are. What should we do with Wander Franco and Shane McClanahan? Re- uh, return if offered. Uh, what should Franco and McClanahan return if offered in a trade? Thanks and keep up the good work. In a redraft league for Franco and McClanahan? For a 12 teamer? Yeah. I don't think that much, honestly. I wouldn't either because you don't know when Franco's coming to begin with. You don't know when Franco's coming to begin with. You don't McClanahan's know how he's going going for four innings max. And it's a 12-team league, so like replacement level is yeah is decent. And then with McClanahan, I mean, I really like McClanahan. I think he's definitely startable, you know, virtually every week in a 12-teamer. I think he's going to be really good. Like, I think he's going to have a start coming up here where he's just absolutely dominant. Um, and but at the same time, like because it's a 12-teamer, there's just not that much of a difference. So I'd actually say McClanahan's going to be would be more valuable at this point trading for him because wander for all we know you know and again like i'm not i don't know i don't track prospects super closely so people may be saying otherwise but he could just, he could be a september call-up you know or he could he could be a late summer guy for them because right now they don't they they don't need him. they're playing really well they don't need him right now um so yeah it's a tricky one especially 12-team league like you said there's a lot of replacement value out there um i, I wouldn't be going too crazy on that one, uh, phony front office ninety nine asked thoughts on Frambert coming back. What do you see from him rest of the season? Well, I'm a big Frambert fan coming back. I've said a couple of weeks ago, I'll start picking him up on the cheap while you could because he's pretty much gone everywhere now. He's rehabbing. He's made a couple of rehab starts already. I'd imagine he's back pretty soon. Um, he's made two appearances. He's done seven innings overall. He's allowed one run so far in his minor league outings. Um, the reason why I'm not too worried about Framber is a they're rehabbing him back. B, it was just a fractured finger, so knock on wood, no elbows, no shoulders, none of the ligaments that are going to be an issue to throw. So it's almost like spring training all over again. But you're just getting a start in June. So as long as he's healthy and rehab, and there's no issues there, I expect the Framber we thought we were getting in April, which to me is a front end starter, and I I'd be happy with him. But that's me. Yeah, I'd say like. Yeah, expect like an SP3, something like yeah. that um, from Framber. Like you mentioned, I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't be who we thought he was going to be. You know, maybe a little bit rusty, but great, great context. Still has that curveball, I'm sure. Um, so really, really good. That's one of the few, my few bright spots. I have a DC that's in the top 100 and has Framber and Carlos Carrasco nice. on the bench just waiting um so that's a good feeling we'll see yeah, yeah that, that, that's how i feel about tgfbi i've been like hanging around in third place i got bloomfield and waxman ahead of me and they're way ahead of me that's one of the leagues with the big gaps but i've held on to framber this whole time i'm sitting there just going okay let's just keep waiting waiting through it and, and I, you know he'll make up the g little problems and all that stuff but uh yeah i'm a uh, framber i have framber in a lot of injury lists right now so if he can come mm-hmm. back that'd be much appreciated because i was a big framber guy going into the year but um, that'll wrap us up this week. Not as many listener questions as normal. Fine. It's uh, you know not for everybody. Not this time of year. But uh, what are your final thoughts for the week, uh, Toby, as we are into week nine of the baseball season? We are over a quarter of the way through the season. And it uh, looks like offenses might be slowly waking up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just keep, keep plugging away. It's a long season. 
you know, there is going to be some really bad days. Sometimes like Sunday was a, was a really bad day, just pitching wise, just a lot of blowups that's going to happen, especially as we get into the summer. And so um, just keep plugging away, making those good decisions. Hope they add up, hope it breaks your way. Hope some of these injuries, you know, that, that players get better. Um, just keep plugging away. That's what, that's all we got to do. It's season long, season long, 162 games. Yep. And that's the bit, that's the biggest thing is it's season long, like you said. So keep that in mind as you as you keep plugging along. It's uh, a long season and um, the injuries things I've had a lot of guys like DM me questions like, Hey, this guy's injured. Who should I add? Blah, blah, blah. They're, they're in panic mode. And I said, Hey, don't panic one. Cause you'll do something dumb and you'll drop someone you shouldn't drop. And B Injuries are happening to everybody. If they're not happening now, they happen before. They're going to happen later. So just you might have to just ride this one out for a little bit. Just kind of not saying don't roster someone there, but don't go dropping so and so just because you need a spot. So like, be smart about it. Don't panic and uh, and see where it goes. It's it's uh, it's it's been a rough one. Like setting lineups certain weeks, you're just like I'm really putting the, like on a DC. Like Toby's talking about guys he's waiting for. I have some DCs where I'm like I'm really putting this guy into a lineup this week, aren't I? Like, this is not a guy I really want to be – like, I drafted him in, like, round 48 thinking I'll never use this guy ever, and here we are. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's wild times, but exactly, here we are. So uh, if you have any questions for the future episodes, make sure to hit us up on Twitter and drop those to us. Um, we'll be back with you guys next week as always. But for now, you can find Toby on Twitter at BatflipCrazy. I am at BDNTrick. This was Bubba and the Batflip, episode 85. We'll catch you guys later. 